0: We've only just, just begun be- 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 be
1: Hello beautiful people, welcome back to In Living Color Abroad and I'm your host Angel Rodriguez On this episode you'll be listening to Lawrence who is the founder and creator of We Work to Travel Which is a website and Instagram page that is dedicated to black and brown travel around the globe His website has over 4,000 reviews and tips left by black and brown travelers on over 500 destinations. So in this episode, you're going to hear him talk about how he got his page started, where his inspiration stemmed from, and where his page is headed. And he also has traveled to over 30 countries and all seven continents, and he discusses his time in Antarctica and how that experience was. Hope you enjoy. This is In Living Color Abroad. Color Abroad. How you doing,
0: man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem, no problem. So let's get right to it, Lawrence. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. So I started a brand uh, called The Work To Travel uh, back in 2015. Um, so I used to do consulting. Well, I still do consulting now, um, but I worked for a larger firm back then and I got burnt out. I was working for about eight years and a lot of traveling, which was great, but I just kind of got tired. So I decided to just, just quit and just travel. Um, so it was kind of a bold move, uh, but in the end, I took off about eight or nine months and traveled to uh, 30 plus countries and all seven continents, including Antarctica, which was where I probably should be right now, not to worry <laughs> about <any> corona. <laughs> right, I ain't right. got no worries down there. Um, <laughs> But while I did that trip, uh, I noticed two things. Um one, when I was traveling with my girlfriend now wife, uh, with her, you know, I stayed at nicer hotels, ate at nicer restaurants. But when I was traveling with my buddy, you know, we sick at hostels, we figured out where the parties were at, didn't really care about food. I didn't care if he ate or when he ate. <laughs> um so when we were planning different trips I had to go to different websites for all these different countries to figure out some of that information and it would vary depending on what country I would go to. Um secondly and even more importantly, as a black traveler, I was nervous just going to certain countries, like, you mm-hmm. know, how will they receive me? Yeah. Um, and because of those two needs is where I built we work to travel. So it's a travel platform uh, that provides comprehensive city guides by travel style. Um, And instead of rating activities, you rate cities. So cities have a score for things to do, relaxation, adventure, romance, and also what it's like traveling while black.
1: Wow, really, really cool. And I was just going to ask you about that part because I saw on your page you say you're like the black trip advisor, which I kind of chuckled a little bit. But based on your explanation, that that makes sense, right? I I feel like a lot of travelers, you know, if you're a person of color going to a different place, and especially being a black person... There's gonna be places that's not gonna be as friendly as other places, so it's good to know yeah. like where should I go? Or you and I even looked at your website and like I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be all right reviews, but people are giving in-depth analysis yeah. and details about like locations. I'm like wow, this is amazing and it has like over 500 destinations that people leave reviews, so that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's, it's taking a
0: while, but yeah, people be going in. Sometimes I'm like, hey, okay, you got too much information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a, good, it's a good problem to have Because I, I think what makes it very unique Is that they're primarily black travelers mm-hmm. So when you look at history For example, and going to Africa Like, you know, someone might go to, so you know person that's not of color you might go there to say hey, i want to do a safari but when you're a black traveler it's like coming home you want to really understand the history mm-hmm. and the kind of you know the culture behind the, the the destination that you're in so we are we do have some unique perspectives from that from that angle also when it comes to music you know black people like a wide range of music mm-hmm. but you know it, you probably want to hip-hop you probably want r&b you might want some culture Music there, whatever it's also a chapter. Like you want to get something <laughs> that really fills with the culture, yeah. you know. So I just think, someone like going to a techno club usually isn't on the top of the list. Um, so getting those experiences and people to call those out and have another black person say, yeah, this was cool. or Yeah, this wasn't. is very helpful. Also what I, I think is, is different too, is when people have a bad experience, it's not indicative of everyone else's experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for example, we have people who go to Morocco, Marrakesh, especially black women travelers and some black women would say, Hey, you know, people started like, you know, calling them out their name, throwing rocks at them. Like they have a very, very extreme mm-hmm. scenario that people would write about in the review where you have somebody else that's also a black woman traveler that I would say was perfectly fine. They had an amazing time. Mm-hmm. So I think the idea is not to say like this is how it's going to be for you, but it's giving you a range of kind of what you can expect, potentially. Mm.
1: And, and which location on your website has like the most reviews? Do you have like data for that?
0: Yeah, so I would say like the ones that we push the most and some of the ones that are most popular. So Bali's one has like be like 150, 180 views. I think Paris is a big one. I think the DR or Puerto Rico, some of okay. the Caribbean out, Jamaica is definitely one of them. Okay. Yeah, A lot of people like dig Jamaica. And then what we also try to do is get the ones that are less traveled. So mm-hmm. anytime I, like we did a post for someone who went to Slovenia, um, I think we got maybe like two reviews from, from black travelers from there, but it's still something to say, hey, at least you know what it was like in Slovenia.
1: Word, word, word. Yeah, I myself, I, I checked the DR one because my parents are Dominican. So I'm like, right, was it like for black people with DR? Because I'm, I'm very familiar with the... Uh, Race relations in the Dominican Republic are not the greatest But it has four and a half stars, so I'm like, alright, this is cool <laughs>
0: Yeah Yeah, it, it does help, and I, and I think So another thing to keep in mind too And we're working on trying to get that metric to be just right mm-hmm. But generally speaking People are very, what What I find interesting Is that people are usually very positive When they leave a review about a place In their, in their description But they're not as positive when they leave a review for a particular category mm-hmm. So people might be saying Oh yeah, I had an amazing time in Cancun But they'll give, I don't know, the affordability, maybe not affordability, the romance, a really low level. Got it. Like, so you can kind of see there's different aspects of a trip that are good and there's different aspects of a trip that, you know, may not not have been fond of. Uh, But, yeah it's a it's a cool score i mean it's obviously it's not you know 100 but you can yeah. get a, a good a good good kind of range and perspective based on people who left them Very the more reviews you got at that score the easier it is to kind of say yeah that's true of
1: course of course yeah that that's really dope so when did this start like taking off because you said you said it took a while so like you know when did the first review start trickling in like what was that like uh, take me through the timeline of that
0: Yeah, so 2015 is when I first started. So while I was traveling around the world, I was working with developers uh, to try to get the first iteration of the website done. This is probably the fifth iteration Mm -hmm. of the website. It has gone down three, like two times at least. It got like wiped out completely. But really in 2018 is when we kind of did like an official launch. I think I did a Martin Luther King uh, day in January, nice, and that's when this kind of started off. Where got some reviews, you know, made some adjustments to the site, and that's where people started really like getting hold of it. What I do find interesting though is that a lot of people think. That were just the Instagram page. I don't realize there's a website behind there mm-hmm. that has a ton of these reviews. So I was trying to get that message out to our followers, like, hey, you know, we definitely post some tight photos to promote, <laughs> you know, black and brown travelers. But yo, go ahead and check out the website and look at these reviews.
1: Yeah, like for those for those that don't know, like, for, so basically, what my goal was, and I'm glad I found your your, your page. It was like, I'm like, I want to see what else is out there that's in relation to like what my podcast is about. And then I came across the page. I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is really—I've never even heard of this. Like, what is this?" And I saw that even friends of mine are following the page. And you know, for those that don't know, he has over a hundred thousand followers. So I'm like, obviously, the page is popping. So I'm like, I'm like, wait. Then I look at the reviews like on the website. I'm like, I never heard of this concept before. Like, I'm like this is yeah. this is really cool. So that's why like I hit you up. And thankfully, you you're from New York, which is obviously I'm from New York too. Wait, what part of New York, by the way? Yeah.
0: Well, I'm I'm from Boston now. I can't say I'm from New York now.
1: Oh, that, uh, come on, man. <laughs> New York now, I live in Harlem but now I'm, I'm Boston True. let's go Celtics baby oh Man, I, got, I got you know I gotta say boo to that now <laughs> <laughs> got a Knicks fan. Uh, no, I'm not a Knicks fan Knicks are terrible but <laughs> okay, okay. Bulls, growing up Bulls fan they're terrible too now but <laughs> right. but uh um, anyway sorry back to that so yeah so like I found your page and I was like this is a really cool concept so again so like you started in 2015 uh five different iterations of the website which is crazy so obviously you got through some like difficulties so what makes in like your opinion like what do you think makes the website and like your page so popular cuz it's not easy to get that many followers right so what do you what do you think is about your page that that people gravitate towards it
0: I think it's the pictures are probably the first thing um, because it really promotes black travel. Um, and I try, and, and I think what we try to do a little differently is we try to promote the everyday traveler too. Mm. So there's some posts that may not do as well, but it's of a person that has an authentic experience. Mm. And we're like, yeah, we don't really care. You don't have the best lighting. You don't have a, a personal <laughs> photographer walking around with you throughout Santorini. You know, we don't care. <laughs> give, give us your best shot, but leave a leave a quality review. And that's what's important because not only does that help build the platform, Platform, but you actually get to share experience with thousands upon thousands of other black travelers, and that's, that's the most helpful thing. Uh, we could just post the most viral pictures um, and, you know, get thousands of likes all the time, but we, we're saying, now like, we, we want to make sure everybody feels welcome. So that's something we try to do that hopefully people get, um, that we're trying to kind of really promote the everyday traveler. Now, we still post some tight photos, um, <laughs> but, but the idea is that, like, hey, no matter who you are, you leave some reviews on the website, and we got you got gotcha. like that that's that's kind of our motto
1: so you mentioned um, you mentioned earlier that you like you know you said you quit your job you were getting burnt out and so take me through that because I, I i've spoken to somebody here in costa rica I actually have an episode and it, it's called it's called business abroad he was from from the states and he quit his job said, Yo, i can't do this he, he moved to costa rica he opened up his own like little restaurant so tell me about what isn't about like getting burned out in like this kind of like business world like corporate you work the consulting firm you said right yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what yeah. is about like that avenue, that avenue of work that I guess people like to burn, you know, to basically you know lose steam? What is it about that? Right.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, one caveat is I am working again, so I okay. still do have a full time job, but it's very in a skin consulting, but it's kind of very different from what I was doing before because I took this time off and, and really spent time on me loving myself and, and feeling that I need to put me as priority number one, um, but how the whole consultant thing can really burn you out. It's just constant traveling. So traveling is really great. It's fun. But when you travel Monday through Thursday every week, mm. like every week, and we, I was going from Atlanta at the time to Cali every week. So I would wow. take a five-hour flight on Monday and a five-hour flight on Thursday. Jesus. And I, I would take the red eye. So I'm grumpy as hell the entire <laughs> week because my sleep is just all messed up. I might get to do some laundry. I might be able to go out one night, but I'm still all screwed up yeah. and I have to go again on, on on Monday morning. And I did that for almost like two years. That was towards the end of me saying, no, I can't. I'm, I'm good, D. This, this, this is a wrap. I, I need a break. So I think just the, the traveling's great. And, you know, I got a of frequent flyer miles, a lot of hotel points, a lot of great experience. I got promoted at my job. All that stuff was pretty cool. Um, but also that traveling back and forth can burn you out and then the hours were really long. So I might wake up at 6 a.m. and not finish till 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Jesus. So and then I might get in on a red eye on Friday morning back in Atlanta, but then I still have to work till at least 5 or 6 p.m. And I'm already just like, you can't sleep that well on a, on a flight when it's kind of like that consistently. Wow. So so the hours you're working while there, I think I probably work twelve to fifteen hours normally every day. Um and Friday you might work an eight hour day if you're lucky. So just the hours, the traveling, is it's it's just really really like wore me down. Yeah. But I will say working in IT for that long, so I'm a system integration consultant has been helpful because with the website I know how to gather requirements, I know how to test, I ask developers really tough questions, although I'm on my fifth iteration. I was able to find the one that I found now. Kind of aligns to some of the work that I had to do. He's actually doing for me. He's he's mm. organizing me to me organizing organizing my developers. Gotcha. Okay. So that was good. And then so the other pieces. I I am working now, um, but I'm also working in consulting. But when I came back, I actually end up going back to my same firm. But just to kind of lay it out, like I was promoted to like a manager level and there's like analyst consulting manager. And I took a, a lower level role because I was like, I don't, I don't really care. As long as you pay my money, I just <laughs> need to be done by like five o'clock. Like I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. Like I want my life. Word. And I ended up doing really well on it. And you know, there was opportunities for growth and it still worked out really well for me to the point where now I, wish, I switched to another company and I said, listen, I'm going to do less work than I did in my last job. But I'll be really good when I work. And right, I was right. able to convey that to my current company. I was like, listen, I'm I'm good at what I do, but I'm not working these crazy hours. Yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. Don't work the crazy hours. We don't want you to. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I'm signing up.
1: <laughs> so Yeah, quality over quantity, right? Like that's that's what it was about. Exactly. All right. So yeah. take me to that time. So uh let's let's go back a little bit. So you you know, you work and you got burned out, then you quit. So tell me that, that day where, where you sent in that two-week notice or whatever, however you did it, what was going through your mind when you said, you know what, I'm going to quit and I'm going to travel? Oh, I was
0: freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> freaked out <laughs> So yeah, I was nervous as hell. I was like, Am I really about to do this? I can imagine. Um so so how it kinda came about, me and my boy did a fair amount. He was a consultant too. Um and while we were traveling we always heard about people going on the gap here. All these Europeans mm-hmm. like going on a gap here, gap here, gap here. I'm like well, we don't ever hear but America's going on the gap here. Yeah. Um so we made that like a pack to ourselves like we're gonna do it we're gonna do it one day This was like in our early uh 20s i think we were talking about it, our mid-20s we're gonna do it one day um and then how the how me actually deciding to quit my job actually really got pushed forward was um we got we accumulated a lot of uh, frequent flyer miles and there was a delta around the world ticket that basically would allow you to use points to go around the world so i was like all right that's that was gonna be our method to do it but we got, I got an email like sometime in January, I forget, and it's the, the program's gonna expire in two
1: weeks. Oh my god, uh, I
0: was like, oh <laughs> snap! <laughs> so it was kind of like, yo, if we're gonna do it, we gotta plan it in the next two weeks, yeah. And so I remember once he came to my crib and it's like, yo, are we doing this? And it's like, we both got girlfriends at the time, and we're like, oh shoot, like, yeah, uh, how you
1: manage that I one? <laughs> I don't
0: know, they say, go over too well, I don't yeah, know, that's tough. Um, but we ultimately decided to make, try to make it work. So he's actually married to his girlfriend at that time. And I'm married to my girlfriend mm. right now that kind of went on the trip. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, I was nervous as hell. Uh, and then the money part too. Right. So the oh, freaking wow. fire mouse helped with, uh, the kind of the main tickets going from like, you know, Europe to Africa, Africa, to Asia, Asia to Australia, etc. Yeah. Um, but also like I had so. I had a, a condo at, in Atlanta that I had to pay for, and just living expenses in general. Of um, so, what was helpful for me is I also do real estate, so I have a few rental properties. Um, so I was able to kind of supplement my income with that because was, I wasn't working anymore. And also, my condo I Airbnb it out. Mm. Um, so, like that helped me get me some level of income while I was traveling. But yeah, they, they, uh, Delta pushed me to go around the world. I blame Delta.
1: <laughs> nice little, uh, you know, advertise for Delta there, you know. Delta. Yeah. Wait, they, they still have that program? They don't. So yeah, <laughs> I it, it expired in like
0: two weeks. And I was like, all right, well, we about to we about to pull this off. Wow. Another, I think American Airlines might still have it on the One World. Okay. There's still a lot of frequent flyer programs out there. You got to be very specific about which ones they are. But I think some of them still do it.
1: Got you, got you. And what was the first place you went to?
0: Uh, we flew into Paris. So, actually, I think I missed my flight. Yes, yeah. I, I, I think I remember. I what a my
1: start flight, to so, your process.
0: Yeah. yeah, me and him were supposed to get there at the same time, and I ended up missing the flight. He ended up being in Paris like one day before me, I think. And I was like, "Oh, my bad." Um, so yeah, I missed my flight. And that, our first day was to our first stop was in Paris because that was the easiest trip from Atlanta. And then with the whole around-the-world ticket, you have to go, like, in a certain order. So you have to go, like, west to east, east to west. You can't go back. Mm. So we had to, like, align it properly. But Paris was the first stop. We've been there before. Um, but then, like, hitting up, like, Belgium. Uh, we did England because I had family up there. Um, a variety of different. I think we did Germany. Yeah, so we did a lot of different places. We, we didn't spend as much time in Europe because we're, like, we're over Europe. We wanted to spend more time in Africa. Um, so Africa was dope.
1: Nice. And, and throughout that experience, what what took you, to like, because obviously, you know, you, you quit your job and you thought about this idea of the website. Was it a particular experience in that happened that's like, yo, I need, this is something that's needed?
0: Yeah, I think it was getting tired of planning what we're doing at every destination we went to. Because I went to like, we went to like 30 different places. Well, wow. me and him kind of separated out. So I, sometimes I'd be solo, sometimes I'd be with him, sometimes I'd be with my girlfriend, uh, sometimes I'd be with a friend. Uh, but it was just like, yo, every place we went to, I had to, like, research, and I'm like, yo, this is a lot of work, like, yeah, where to stay, like, I remember this one time we went to Venice, and we just didn't feel like planning it, and we showed up there at 2 o'clock in the morning without a hotel <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wasn't a good plan, <laughs> wasn't a good plan uh, We were docking on doors left to right, trying to figure out, like, any hotel that would take us And, you know, Venice doesn't have like elevators or anything like that. So all that had these steps. So we had our suitcases, our backpacks that were pretty heavy, up and down steps, up and down canals, walking left and right. But it, it just took a long time to figure out where to stay, what to do, where to go eat at, what you need to see. And what also got annoying is like we went to Venice. Little Like, I'd rather go with my wife or my girlfriend, not like my homeboy. Um, But when we left, (laughs) it was like there were things I didn't know that were there. Like, there was Burano, where, you know, it's this really cute town that's pretty close to Venice. I had no clue it was there until after I left. Because Mm. I'm looking on TripAdvisor, like, oh, I want to find just what to do in Venice. But it doesn't tell you like what's around Venice that you can probably hop to. Yeah. And I think that's also what makes the site valuable is it kinda gives you a whole realm of experience to say it's like, oh, if you're in Venice, make sure you do X Y Z and also go to this kind of neighboring city.
1: Word, word, word. That, wait, so wait, you did this all in like one shot, like in a year? How long, how long do you do this? Yeah, st-
0: it was about, it was about nine months. I, I ended the trip, my family's from Barbados. Mm-hmm. So I ended the trip just like a month in Barbados. I was like, I'm just going to chill, not have to worry about work. My pops was down there. So I just kind of kicked into Barbados for like a month before I decided to try to come back to reality. So I was saying in about eight months, I did those 30 plus countries.
1: Okay. Wow. So wait, so you said your girl was with you some of the time. So how did that work out?
0: So she was actually in business school at Kellogg um, so actually I saw her three times I think uh, but we did probably like six or seven countries together mm-hmm. so it, it, she was she, she really enjoy, enjoys traveling too but okay. I saw her in South America when she went on a trip like in Argentina and Uruguay then I saw her in Asia um, we went to Bali we went to Bangkok so Thailand um, a couple other places there and then me and her went just to uh, Turkey uh, right. So we did, like, Cappadocia, Istanbul. So I started three different times. So okay. probably, like, you know, the eight months. You know, wasn't too long of a time. She might say something different where we didn't <laughs> see each other. <laughs>
1: so, so I, I mean, you know, this might be an obvious question, but I'm sure you get it a lot of the time. What was your favorite country out of all the 30 that you saw?
0: Yeah, so it, it, it definitely depends. Um, so I would say of the trip, Joe Berg was probably the most mm, the most rewarding, I would say. And then the reason why is, yeah, Johannesburg. Okay. Um, and the reason why is because it was kind of a lesson. So I went, that's my second time going to Joe Berg. Uh, so before I went with some friends, like earlier, a few years before, and we were shook we went to Johannesburg. Like we listened <laughs> to the media, we went to a hotel, we went to get some food, and that was it. <laughs> and we went on that safari. Like, we didn't want to explore. We didn't want to go clubbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't want to go nowhere. Like, we were shook. And I was like, yo, I need to spend some time in Jo'burg to, like, make sure, like, should I have been shook or am I just tripping? Mm. Um, so I think I spent, like, almost two weeks in Johannesburg. And it was dope. I got put in contact with some really cool people. I started kicking it in Soweto, like, it, which is, like, this uh, kind of quote-unquote ghetto outside of Johannesburg. Mm. Um it has, like, a lot of great history, but it was just an opportunity for me to kind of disprove my own mental biases uh, to certain countries, just because I listen to the media. Um, so Johannesburg is, like, one of my favorite spots that I've been to. Even people that I've met there that are from Joburg, like, one of them's a flight attendant, and he, like, comes to New York, so he'll, like, bring me some beer back or he'll come by the crib and chill out. Um, so, yeah, like, that That was definitely one of the most rewarding places. Um, and I will say Antarctica was also really cool uh, because I went to Antarctica. It's kind of like kind of random to, to go there. Uh,
1: yeah, now everybody can say was, that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I went to Antarctica. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was very interesting because you're on this ship for about ten to 15, 10, about ten days, about ten days. So you leave from Ushuaia, the southernmost pit, tip of of, um, of Argentina. Um, and then you take this ship that takes you actually to Antarctica. But what makes it so interesting is that you're stuck on the ship with really no internet, no connection with the outside world. Um, it's a very <laughs> expensive trip, so normally it's a bunch of old white people that are on the trip. <laughs> and... If there were anybody under the age of 40, it was kind of like a little experiment. It didn't care if you were white, if you were Indian, if, if you were young, that's all that mattered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyone that was young, we just bonded together. Um, <laughs> and it was just it was just very interesting. I was the only black person on the trip, but again, no one cared what race you were. They just cared yeah. if you were under the age of 40. Because I want to talk to someone that's not 70 something years old. <laughs> So I found that to be like really interesting and cool to see. Like, oh, okay, you know, depending on your your circumstance, uh-huh. your expectations of people can be very different, which I think is a very cool lesson.
1: Yeah, and, and oh, you talk about expensive. So how expensive is it for the, those that are listening that might want to do that once in their life? How expensive is it to go to Antarctica? Five K minimum. Damn. And what you spent like minimum. what a week there or like a ten seconds? Like what you is it?
0: About ten. 10- yeah, you spent yeah, 10 days there, so actually kind of funny. So I thought I was spending all this money and I wasn't going to get fed properly. Um, so I remember it was me and this other dude, we had to share a room. And I remember, I think we were eating at the restaurant at breakfast right before we were going to start the trip.
1: Oh, you went um, by yourself. Like, you didn't go with nobody you knew.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. In Antarctica, I, it, was, it was about 200 people on a ship and I knew no one.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how they do it when you when you book the 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 experience you share a room for one night and then they take you to the ship the next day and then that's where you go off to Antarctica for about 10 days Gotcha gotcha Um, But I I remember that morning both me and him were pretty young. I think we were in the same probably like 20s late 20s each of us Um, And we were like scarfing down as much food as we could like okay, (laughs) we're gonna have to eat some canned food while we're on this boat You know, I was putting like things in my pockets, like, okay, make sure I got some bread. And I was just like, I don't know what's it's going to be like on a ship. Oh and my God. So it was both me and him. We weren't just we like, yeah, we, we were real, like, trying to not be hungry. But we get to the ship, we're like, oh, it's kind of like a Carnival Cruise line in a sense. Like, not, it ain't got no slides, but like, they fed us like sushi, Filet and Young. They had like a chocolate float tower. Like, it was like some legit food. And I was wow. just really surprised. So that's kind of where a lot. I put on weight going to Antarctica. I I (laughs) ate so much food, I put on weight.
1: Yo, so how cold? How cold is it? How cold? Cold.
0: (laughs) So it ain't. Honestly, it wasn't that cold. So I guess there's two things. One, you can't go into Antarctica unless it's the summertime. Mm. Um, because I think it doubles in mass in the winter and it's, you're just, it's, you cannot get there because mm. everything's like frozen over. Got it, got it. So you we went in Antarctica summer, but I snowboard from time to time and I've been colder in places where I snowboard than when I've been to Antarctica. They also give you like this really big coat that helped too. Um, but yes, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Like I've been colder
1: on some mountains trying to get down the mm. mountain on my snowboard and so, yeah. obviously, like, again, I've never been to Antarctica, and I'm sure most of my listeners haven't either, so, like, what the fuck is it, what do you see, like, do you
0: see, do you see penguins
1: yeah. and shit, like, what do you see? <laughs> you right, I
0: mean, you see penguins, you see <laughs> whales, um, you might, you might, you know, do a little hiking on an iceberg, you might, you know, do a little hiking, uh, that's, I mean, so, what it is, it's kind of, it's kind of like an educational experience, mm. uh, so they don't even like to call it a cruise, um. Because they have like lessons they teach you about like the climate, um, about Antarctica, about the, the, the life kind of that's in Antarctica history. Um, so you're kind of learning while you're there. So Mm -hmm. that's helpful. Um, you're also just kind of in a state of awe because like, yo, I'm in Antarctica, like, yo, this is crazy. Um, so, and then, like, so every, like, one or two days, you get to go on shore. So, they give you, like, these little Zodiac boats, and you'll do, like, a little hike to the top of this peak. You might go to that penguin colony. Uh, we actually had some killer whales, like, follow us around for a while. Oh, shit. Um, so, that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, it's, like, cool stuff like that. You might hike to one of these old um, science, like, headquarters that they might have had out there. Um, so, I will say there were two very... Kind of lasting things that happen. One, they have something called the polar plunge. So you actually jump into the water.
1: Get um, out of here! Are you serious?
0: Yes. So they take you to shore. <laughs> you put on your uh, your trunks, your bathing suit, or whatever. Oh my god! And you jump into the water. Uh, not everybody has to do it, but I was like, yo, I ain't never going back to Antarctica, so let's do this. <laughs> um,
1: let's die right here. Right, yo, it was cold. Like, yeah, <laughs> like,
0: like I yeah, you know you don't just jump into God, I, I ain't about that life, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was, like, pretty cool. Like, I jumped into the water, like, straight out, uh, so that was pretty fun. Um, and then, two, it, we also had, like, a Titanic moment where we actually had to rescue a ship
1: that hit the iceberg. Get the fuck out. Are you serious? Yes, I'm dead serious.
0: <laughs> dead serious. So they had some sailboat that, for whatever reason, thought they should go to Antarctica. Um, and the boat couldn't have been more than you know fifty feet long. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I'm 50 seventy. I'm not. I don't. I don't do that. To, it was a big boat, mm. and I'm like, why would you bring this little old boat to
1: Antarctica?
0: <laughs> it just looked like it'd be like if the wind blew too hard, I felt like the joint would just crack. <laughs> so. I don't know. I think that's actually what might what happened. Like, and ended up, they actually, had, so we were doing an excursion, and, and we were about to kind of start the tour or whatever, and start walking around this, you know, Penguin Colony or whatnot. And they said, everyone, get back to the boat right now. Get back to the boat. Whoa. Hop back on these little zodiacs and get back to the boat. And we're like, yeah, what's going on? It's weird. Like, what's going on? Yeah. And the captain made an announcement saying, hey, there's a ship that got stranded in Antarctica. They hit an iceberg. We have to go find it. Damn. So people like put on their coats And everybody was outside with binoculars Trying to figure out where the ship was Because it was like really foggy So we couldn't really find it So it took us a while And then it took about two hours Like tying ropes to the ship To try to get it off And eventually like the, There's only two Three people on the boat itself And they all came aboard our ship And then they didn't go back on their boat And they were with us For the, the rest of the, the, the time there Were they shook? Uh, oh yeah The woman I think they said the boat Couldn't go back on its own But the woman that was like Nah I'm going to this big ship. <laughs> nope. Nope. I don't blame her. Yeah, anymore. that's a smart she, decision. She shit. In. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, Antarctica, like a mayday call in Antarctica. That's... Uh, good luck.
1: That's crazy. Man, so you basically heard... You be, you were in Antarctica. Not only did you go to Antarctica, but you heard a call by the captain saying that another ship hit an iceberg. Yeah, that's some shit you've never yeah. had the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, this is, this is real. Like, <laughs> you got the whole experience. That was extra. <laughs> I mean, that
0: definitely was something that was unique. I, I I didn't really ever think to expect that, but it was a whole little Titanic experience, man. Yeah. I remember seeing the ship. I think I got pictures of the ship like like on the iceberg. Um, it was just it was just like, yeah, wow. Again, it wasn't that big. Um, yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. like, Why is it here?
1: Yeah. Like, Why are you here? <laughs> because it took a while for us to get there, like on this big old ship and we're like this little boat made it here too. Why? Why would you do this? <laughs> oh wow, that's fuck the, the little boat that could or could it in that yeah, case. <laughs> yeah,
0: could it I don't That ship still might be there for all we know. I don't that's know.
1: crazy. But let's talk about that experience. So you say you were the only black person there, right? And like not to talk about just Antarctica in particular, but like other places. So obviously like in my in my podcast, like I got interview a lot of people, uh, black and brown people, about the experience of not just traveling, but living abroad as a person of color. So for you that has visited like 30 countries and probably countries that a lot of black people don't go to to begin with, right? Like, did you feel like what did you get out of those experiences? Like, do you feel more empowered? Do you feel like angry, depressed, sad, and encouraged? Like, what, what were those experiences like in general?
0: So I would say one experience that stood out to me the most was I think I was in Europe and I think I was in Germany at the time. And I don't know if it was Elton Sterling or somebody else that got killed by the police here. Mm. And I just went through the Holocaust Museum or one of the museums that were there. And I think I remember a sign that said, it, it basically said, like, sorry for our mistake. Like, the Germans, like, yo, said, we messed up. Mm. It's our bad. Like, that. that's what I took away from some of these experiences I had while I was there. And then while this was happening, I think I remember I actually cried because I was just like, yo, America is not care like they've never admitted it's like yo it's our bad it's like we messed up it's always been oh you know get over it you know it's been so long you have a black president you should be good <laughs> yeah and and it was just like that's something that. something hit home to me a lot because like you have a country that i think was able to move on better because the government said yes we messed up and i think i remember something like that in australia happened too recently where the aborigines that were there were treated terribly by um, the the people that colonized it from from the UK. Was actually the so they took all the prisoners, and this is actually true because the people they actually admitted that they took all the the thieves prisoners, and and that's who colonized Australia. Mm. Um, and so even some Australians like, yeah, my ancestors were prisoners, and I was like, damn, like you actually said that out loud.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and they're like, yeah, that's that's, that's my history. Yeah. Um, but I remember like the prime minister. To like, you know, we messed up the Aborigines, like, because there was something where they stole them from their families, like, and they try to like whitewash them and try to just wipe them out. Um, and so when you go there, like, the Aborigines are really hard, they're really poor, or they're not even there. But there's certain countries that I feel like admit to their history. And America has a terrible job of admitting its history. Mm. Um, so that was something that hit home is just seeing how different countries deal with race. Um, and also seeing with race, like, even in Australia, i uh, sure Johannesburg in South Africa, like their whole apartheid um, experience that's similar to like civil rights issues that we've had, seeing how race between uh, darks or the make or the colors like they call mm-hmm. or the whites, just seeing how that, that entire dynamic. Um, so I, I think what I took away is race is a problem across the board, across, you know, various countries and continents. Um, but I will say as a black person, I think I felt more love not being from not being in the US, um, I think every other country that I went to I felt more appreciated. Wow. And I think it might be because part of it's being black and hip hop and, you know, that kind of the going culture through kind of the culture and part mm-hmm. of it I think is being American. So I think being a black and American was kinda of like, you know, double double whammy um because if i was a black african i think my experience would be different mm. going to certain countries mm. but being a black american uh i think you're able to have a certain not stigma you have a certain uh appeal to you because mm. i don't know how many times someone tried to fist pump me i'm like bro if you try to fist pump me one more time <laughs> i don't know you i don't know you <laughs> oh i don't know you yeah leave wow. me alone That's crazy. Um, but yeah, so it's just definitely a lot of different experiences um, and just seeing the different socioeconomic uh, statuses of different people, whether you're black, you know, Indian or Asian, just, just, just seeing how different people kind of have the same problems in different countries. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a different flavor of it. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, from my perspective, it, it kind of equals a playing field that kind of just we're all equal. Like, you know, I kind of thought it before, but actually seeing other countries and other people interact, that kind of helps. Kind of give me a story to go along with it. So now it's not. If I hear about a tsunami that happened somewhere in Asia, I'm like, oh snap! Like I was kind of over there in that area, mm-hmm. so it hits home a little bit more. Mm-hmm. than you know, a place that you've never been to. Yeah, that's
1: real. That's real. And it makes you, and it makes you feel like more compassion, right? More empathetic towards situations that happen around the world, and not just to you, in whatever bubble that someone's living in. You know, so that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely real. About traveling. Exactly. So, question: My my podcast is obviously called In Living Color Abroad. So, in all your travels. What country would you consider home in the future if you, if you could?
0: So... There's two that are possible. Mm-hmm. One's more possible because actually I lied to it. My wife really loves Kenya, so she actually mm. wanted to move to Kenya. I was like, girl, I don't know about Kenya.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I don't mind it. It's like it's nice, but it, it wasn't like the vibe. That like I prefer Joburg over like Nairobi. Okay, uh, that's just my personal preference. Um, but we went to Ghana this past year. So we did Nigeria, Ghana, and Sierra Leone. Um, Last December and in January for the year of return, um, and Ghana was dope. Like I actually, I was looking at, I was trying to see how much things would cost over there. I'd actually would move to Ghana um, and and live there. Uh, you know, outside of Corona and everything going on, because like when a, getting to see Sierra Leone, getting to see Nigeria, getting to see Ghana, kind of all in one field swoop, you can kind of see the pros and cons of the different countries mm-hmm. and the cultures and everything. And I feel like there's so much history with Ghana's getting its independence. Um, if you think about, like, Muhammad Ali, Maya Angelo, like, back in the day, like, going back to Ghana, like, that, that, that connection to Africa was there. And I feel like, for whatever reason, it was lost for a while, um, and now it's kind of coming back. So I just feel like there's a really good connection to Ghana. Um, and I think also just the year of return. And kind of, and I think that's the part that they admitted, because when you go to Ghana and you go on these tours with the slave castles, you know, our tour guide's like, "Yo, we were part of the problem." So Africans actually sold other Africans into slavery. Mm-hmm. Like, so some of them said, once they figured out like that slavery was different, um, it's like not indentured servitude, but it's actually like it's different level of slavery that mm-hmm. these white colonists were doing." Um, you know, some of them pulled back, but some of them did it. So it just like, hey, I'm making my money. Um, so I think a lot of times, not a lot of times, in some instances, people like just to blame, like the white man keeping me down, the white man doing mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. But when you go to Ghana, it's like, listen, we were part of the problem, too. You can't blame just one group of people. Mm-hmm. Now you have to be more self-reflective and say, you know what, no matter what the situation is, I need to pick myself up. Gotcha. And that's where I found it very powerful about Ghana where you kind of like dispel any of these stories that it was just one group of people where once you figure out it's like your family's part of the situation you're like damn I can't just be yeah. can't throw them out too you know what I'm saying so now you kind of make like you kind of like make an adjustment in your mind like okay now I have to look at the situation differently and yeah. handle things accordingly
1: got it so it, it, it would be Ghana or Kenya so Africa basically
0: yeah exactly. nah yeah I don't I don't would, think I'd rock with Europe like that
1: <laughs> you would rock with Sweden <laughs>
0: Yeah. I've been to Switzerland it was cool. I like Switzerland. It's expensive. Yeah. It's real expensive, but uh. yeah, I nah, I think I'd go. I don't think I can <laughs> see myself living maybe somewhere in South America. Mm. Nah, I'd go be Africa. Have I you like been to my, Co- like- have you been to Costa Rica? I have. Okay. Costa Rica I've been to Costa Rica twice. Okay. So that was like my favorite place. Uh, I think it was my first trip actually outside the country, outside of going to Barbados. Okay, um, it was to Costa Rica. So Punta Vida, yes. like oh, yeah, I love <laughs> Costa
1: Rica. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty chill here. All right. Well, I was gonna tell you. All right. So now, on a on a final note. So obviously, you already have a very successful uh, website and uh, obviously following that you have, and congrats on that. Congrats on obviously being married too. By the way, you mentioned your girlfriend now your wife. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. And we expecting too. Oh so wow! Congrats. That's amazing. that's amazing. That's amazing. That baby's and gonna be traveling too. You. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> Man,
0: she she ain't playing games. She's Like okay, so in two months we're
1: gonna be going like to Morocco <laughs> and then we're gonna be here. Damn. So she ain't playing games. That so gonna gonna be more places that I've been. But, right. <laughs> So what do you want from your like your website and your following like in the next year? Like, Where do you want it to be? What kind of place do you want it to be at?
0: So I really want it to be the, the go-to platform for black and brown travelers to find information about going to different destinations and also for booking their trips. Um, I, I think when you're able to look at all these reviews that deal with any activities, that deal with what it's like traveling about black, if you want something romantic, you kind of have a one-stop shop kind of on the platform and it's all kind of sourced from people that look like, like you and me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that connection um, is what I want to really promote and for people just to kind of be part of the community. Um, and then what we're trying to do for the next level is give you opportunities to book trips through uh, the platform. Uh, so that helps kind of give us some income to keep the website going. Cause we have a lot of cool things we're trying to do. Um, and we're trying to actually build a community for creators uh, we're trying to build this search algorithm that helps you find destinations based off your own criteria. Uh, so we're doing all these different things. So I think just people knowing what the website can do, contributing to it, and not necessarily making it a competitive to TripAdvisor, but I think it does something different. Where it's kind of a level in between. Mm. So definitely just using it as a stepping stone. We, we got a—it's a lot of great feedback. When people go onto the website. They're like, first of all, they're like, whoa, didn't know you had this. And two, oh, my gosh, I used this link. Or oh, my gosh, I didn't know this was even <laughs> available here. Oh, man, I'm definitely, oh, I used this in my last trip. I didn't even know about this. Yeah. And I was like, yes. Like, those are the things that keep me going when the website might have an issue or something moves a little slower than I want it to or this feature doesn't work right. I get I get these comments periodically that just say, yo, this is dope. I, I love it for the culture. So that just keeps me going.
1: that episode with Lawrence uh it's just so cool to hear his experience traveling to 30 countries and all seven continents I mean how many people of you know that have traveled to Antarctica I know of zero <laughs> besides him and also how often do you hear the story of the person that gets you know tired of work job is stressful, when they quench out of the world usually you hear that in movies and from you know people that that are not black and brown you know it's usually reserved for just white people but you know Lawrence is an example of you know we could do this shit, too. And that's basically the point of this is to promote, not, you know, not to exclude anyone, but to promote black and brown travel. And that's what he's doing. And that's the point of my podcast as well, through my experience for those that might be listening for the first time. Yeah, that was really dope. On next week's episode, you're going to be hearing from Alexandra, who is the founder of Travel Latina, which is an Instagram page and website, which is dedicated to promoting Latinx travel around the globe. Very excited about that as a fellow Latino myself. And yeah, that's just gonna be a dope conversation. Hopefully you get some nuggets in there. If you like what you heard, please leave a review Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, you can find me on Google Play Music and all your favorite streaming platforms. Catch you next week. This is lemon Color Abroad. Peace.